Coming to you from the lab where they talk about guns, gear, training, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Mike and Big Key, and this is The Gun Experiment. How's it going, everybody, and welcome to The Gun Experiment. This week, Keith and I speak with a competition shooter, discuss training classes, and fight predators. I just want to remind everyone that we drop new episodes on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, so be sure to subscribe and share the show with friends. If you like the content we're creating, we'd appreciate if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review as well as a comment. And as always, I cannot get this thing cracking without the big man across the table, my co-host, Big Keith. Keith, how are we doing tonight? Man, I just love having a hype man. It is like <laughs> probably my favorite part about doing this podcast is hearing you get me excited. I kind of like being called a hype man. I'm kind of I'm down with that. I have a little surprise for you tonight. Okay. So I, uh, you, you like to you know do things sometimes without telling me, and I have made two new purchases that I brought with me tonight, and I want to ah. show you. Uh, I got to decide which. All right, I'm going to show you this one first. I like this. I can tell what this is already. But 20- this is Bagara's new 22 uh, BXR. It's based on the 1022 platform, and uh, it is pretty freaking cool. Already set up. A uh, nice trigger. They claim like a three and a half pound pull. Obviously, we'll we'll test that out. But uh, I like the bolt. Uh, everything is real smooth. I really like the uh, the fluted uh, barrel. bull barrel. That's yeah. really, really, really sweet. Cool. Yeah. And the color, I mean, obviously, we'll post a picture for everyone to see. But the color on it is pretty cool. And um, the only thing I'm not really excited about is that mag release. I think I want to get that extended one. Yeah, that's an easy fix, though. Yeah, that's, easy that's, fix. And uh, And then I have one more. I hope the guys from Bang Steel are still listening. I am now the owner of a 30-odd six barrel in action. We're going to get this thing built, and we, uh, we're we going to go bang some steel at 1,000 yards, man. I like it. I know wow. people are going to uh, give me shit about 30-odd six, but that's, that's, okay. that's the caliber I like. For the, for the record, I, I have to say one thing I've <clears throat> gotten to know uh, about you is you're a, uh, you're a rather sentimental person. So like yep. when we talked about this, you said like just even just saying the word 30 at six, I just, just like it. It makes you feel good. Yeah. I like saying the caliber, you, I like you, the, the sound of it. You roll off of sentiment. So, and, and you know, there was a little bit of thought behind it. I don't have a long range rifle. I don't have a hunting rifle and you know, performance wise 6.5 versus 30 at six, it's going to be a better caliber for, you know, hunting if that's what I choose to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. I I mean, listen, I don't think it's a bad round. It's not like you said, I'm going to shoot a thousand yards with a 22. I would have questioned that. <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So you, you want to get into some of this stuff? Yeah, I'm ready, man. All right. Oh, wait, hold on. How do you like the new chairs? Oh my gosh, man. I feel like a little kid because it, it's able to get up so high. I can like dangle my feet almost. And, uh, this is really, really exciting. Big Keith, about a, a week and a half ago, was like, these chairs that we have are killing my back. Oh, it was not good, man. And I ran out and bought two new, like, really nice chairs. I'm feeling really relaxed tonight. This is perfect. Awesome. All right, so let's uh, let's do a quick review read. So uh, we got a five-star review from Wagner Farms KW, and uh, the title is, You Will Like It. I like it. Nice and simple. Nice and simple. And he just simply said, great podcast, especially if you are a gun enthusiast living in a blue state, which we are, and uh, we do somewhat, I don't want to say cater to that, but we definitely uh, put a little love out there for all, all you living in blue states. Yeah, we, we live here. How can we not talk about it? That's it. Exactly. Um, and then uh, we have a great guest tonight. Before we get into that, I do want to say that this show is being sponsored by Resurgent Arms, and 
awesome news. Resurgent Arms, they do. Uh, they started doing their business with New York compliant grips and parts, and you know that stuff's awesome. But they are innovating. They are moving on, and uh, they just <clears throat> announced that they are now creating a new carbon fiber handguard. They're also coming out with a new safety for your AR. Um, lots of cool stuff coming out of the Resurgent Arm Camp. So uh, make sure you go check them out at Resurgent Arms. I have a link in the show notes. And as always, we're going to hook you guys up. You get 12% off with our discount code, GUNEXPERIMENT12. Make sure you go check them out. Will is an awesome, awesome stand-up dude. And uh, I highly recommend him. Recommend this company. They're great. So anyway, Keith, uh, let's get into this uh, into this show, okay? Let's do so, it. Our guest tonight is a black belt in Taekwondo, an expert high-powered rifle competitor, and proudly goes by the name Rifle Number 13. Please welcome Eva Barron to the show. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. How are you doing tonight, Eva? Great. I'm excited to speak with you about my competition journey. Yeah, awesome. Mike needed to... Mike, we, we should have gotten some you hyping up Eva a little bit. Like, we could have maybe got a... A little uh, nickname for her, something ahead of time. Yeah, we could have. Like, you're big. You're 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 big. Key. How tall are you, Eva? How tall am I? I'm yeah. five four. Oh, so, so I'm. I don't know, like regular woman size. Size Eva. Eva? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great nickname. Yeah. I like That's rifle. I like I like rifle number thirteen better. Roll, rolls right off the top. I like it too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I have to say we we have a little bit of a little, a little, uh, thing going here because last episode we had on our first female guest. True. And, uh, Jackie Billings has been in the industry for a while and she's a, definitely a force. You know, I, I loved having her on and now I feel really good to have, you are officially our second female guest on the show. So we have a little, uh, momentum here and why I feel that's important. We said it last time is Women are the fastest growing demographic in the firearms industry. Um, and you are basically, you're, to use your own words, you're an up-and-coming up and yeah. uh, competitive shooter. So I feel very honored to have you on our show. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm honored to be invited. So you got into competitive shooting back in high school, which is definitely not a school activity we see these days. Uh, what was it like shooting competitively for a high school? Because I feel like a lot of people nowadays can't even relate to that. Yeah. I mean, back then it didn't seem like anything um, extraordinary to bring a rifle onto the school bus. Um, We shot in the basement of the boys' school. I went to an all-girls school. There was boys' school across the street. We shot in the basement. Um, You know, we brought our rifles to other high schools for matches. And I mean, no one blinked an eye back then. Were were you encouraged to... to get into this in high school or it was just something that you thought was interesting? I was never encouraged. I always enjoyed shooting when I was really young. We did it at camp. We had BB guns. That was one of the activities. And so then when I saw that they offered it at the boys school, I said, I want to try it. Um, my parents definitely did not encourage me, but was I there any pushback I- in terms of like uh, you being a girl on the boys team or was it, were they pretty accepting? At, at first they said, well, can you shoot? And I said, I don't know, because honestly, I mean, I had really only shot a BB gun, but I said, well, let me, let me try it. So they handed me a 22 caliber, um, bolt action rifle. 
And I started shooting and they said, all right, you're on the team. Um, so <laughs> that was that. And so they issued your, your me. BB, your a, BB practice at uh, camp paid off. Yeah, summer camp certainly paid off. And so they issued me a rifle and that was rifle number 13. That's I, I wanted you to uh, tell our listeners a little bit about that story because I, you know, you're, it's your whole persona. And what made you think of that? Um. Well, I mean, that was actually the number. Each each rifle was numbered and assigned to, if you didn't have your own, which I didn't, um, you know, was assigned to each member of the team. And that was the one that I just happened to get. And it just stuck with me forever. I, you it, know, is, rifle, my, is rifle number 13 still around? Not that I know <laughs> of. It wasn't something that I got to take home with yeah. me at how, the end how of the How cool season, would it be if you get your hands back on it? That would be oh, like I an would awesome. I would love to, but yeah. I highly doubt they're still shooting in the basement of the school. You might have to so, call the school and ask yeah, what they I'll did with them. Yeah, I'll investigate because that would be amazing. Yeah, I think that would be really cool for you to have it. But I, you know, when I read that you chose, you know, your um, your social media name it, it, to be the, to match that, I just thought that was such a cool story that that's the, what really got you into this whole thing and, and you kind of kept that persona. Yeah, I mean, history kind of repeated itself. Um, yeah, as you know, recently and only maybe three years ago, when I decided to take up high power. Did you um, did you grow up in with guns in, in the household? I know you said your parents nope, weren't very. No, yeah. my dad apparently brought one home for me, a little Daisy BB gun, and I did not know this until recently that my mom said no way, and she gave it away. <laughs> so wow, I my. Uh, career was thwarted early on, but then, you know, as an adult, I decided I, I want to do this. Um, that's pretty. Cr I, that's pretty crazy that your mom did everything she could to keep you away from it, but somehow you still became a, <laughs> a, a major competitor in it. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you know what's funny is you 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 telling that story, um, and Keith, you tell me if I'm wrong with this. We hear that a lot. Yeah. We hear a lot like, oh, like my parents really wanted nothing to do with it. And then I became an adult and I had my own money and I was yeah. like, screw it. I'm buying guns. Well, you know, you, know, you and I, we've talked about my personal story. Like I even I, it, my I didn't get so much as discouraged from it. I mean, it was around me, but I never had it in my house. But yeah, I just came to a point where I was like, I really want to have a gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, can you explain a little bit about high power rifle competition because I, I i think i have a little bit of a handle of it but it, it's my understanding it's somewhat strictly target shooting correct like it's not tactical components it's more like an olympic shooting correct um it, yeah it's a precision shooting sport so it's not it's not like any of the tactical sports that you've ever seen and um i'd say it's not well known, but it's been around uh, for a very long time. It's similar to, um, you know, army, army qualifying. Um, a reason I chose it was because it involves three positions. So you're shooting from standing, which we call offhand, okay, yep. sitting and prone position, and you're shooting slow fire and rapid fire. So I felt like it had a little bit of everything, um, you know, includes some athleticism, um, and a lot of just, you know, re repetition and focus. Um, what, what ranges do you shoot? Like how long, what distances? Well, for the competition, it starts at 200 yards. That's standing. And then you go to sitting, um, in prone 
sitting and prone um, at 200 and then 300 yards. And then for uh, prone slow fire, you go out to 600 yards. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so now you, like, I saw some pictures online. So you guys do like, uh, like you wear like the shooting jacket and the gloves, yeah. right? So can you explain, because I, I really, this is a world I don't know much about. What does that do for you? What is the advantage that the jacket and the glove does for you? Um, well, it's stability. Um, so the the type of coat that I have has a hard back. So it literally has like, if you tap on it, it's like you're tapping on maybe a piece of A Ninja Turtle? Yes, it's called the Ninja Turtle model. And um, it buckles extremely tightly. There's no extra room. Um, So don't ever buy it when you're at your thinnest because (laughs) you'll outgrow it quickly if you gain any weight. Um, And I know that from experience. And so, yeah, under that, we wear a hoodie sweatshirt and then um, a regular shirt under that. And it's just, uh, it, helps to dampen your pulse um and then to just you know keep your body very rigid Uh, we keep it buckled all the way down when we're in standing and then as you get down to to the ground you can unzip the sides and unbuckle a couple of the buckles so did did you say dampens your pulse yes because you don't if you if you're in position um and your heart's beating and it you can feel it and you can feel it in your arm and then it's transferring to, you know, through your hand into your rifle, then, uh, that can, that can throw you off target. You, Keith, you, need, that for, you need that for our Christmas 22 competition. Oh, you, you sturdy little dog. You <laughs> throwing that little dig in there right now. All right. Well, that's nice. Uh, what kind of, what kind of optics do you, uh, do you use, uh, Eva? Is it, uh, are you using mills or MOA or you have any of this? Well, I, I was actually using iron sights up until What? 600 yeah. yards yeah. iron sights? The 200 yards. Yep. Right? Six, out to 600. to 600. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, That's crazy. Bonkers. That's a whole I nut. actually prefer iron sights. I love them, but I finally broke down last year and decided to put an optic on because it's hard to compete when everyone else Oh, you haven't, you haven't, it's not like, there's not like a class, it's not like a class, like iron sight class and optics class. No. Oh, Mm -hmm. wow. So you were really handicapped using those iron sights. Well, shoot, you get some glass on there. You're going to like, you're going to be like, wow, what like super competitor. Yeah. I put a uh, night force SR1 optic on. It's the same one that the, um, I believe it's the. Marine Corps shooting team uses um, okay. and the army marksmanship unit also uses the night force. So I figured <laughs> it's good enough for them. It's good enough for me. And we're allowed to use up to four and a half power, but not okay. beyond that. So mine's fixed at four and a half. Okay. You're, you're obviously, you know, pro second amendment, like, uh, and like to shoot like Mike and I, um, yes. you know, we find this podcast to, that it's, you know, kind of become a way for us to advocate for the second amendment. And, um, you know, do you, do you, do you have any balance between shooting and advocacy or, um, I'm not an outspoken advocate. I mean, I've certainly had some conversations with friends. I don't live in an area where people typically 
shoot um, or talk about (laughs) guns or the Second Amendment. But I think my lifestyle and also being on social media, showing what I do um, is a form of advocacy. Um, And, it, you know, it's also being a woman and um, being a competitor. I think all those things help contribute to uh, spreading the word and showing that, you know, it's something that can be – can be fun it can be beneficial and um it's not scary yeah i was gonna say i mean like we say that word obviously and like i think people automatically jump to like well i don't want to be super political i don't want to be polarizing (laughs) and it doesn't you know like one thing like i'm not saying we've never been polarizing on the show but (laughs) but at the same time and, and you know listen like there's ebbs and flows in your life always but uh, we try very hard to be open-minded and we've said many times, you know, like I, I joke the adopt the liberal program, like I said, yeah. you know, as a joke, but like, you know, like, like it shouldn't be about left or right or the blue or red. It shouldn't be about that. And I, I think what you said is actually really, really good. I think it is advocacy. Yeah, you, I, you just, are advocating for you the Second being Amendment. a uh, a woman in in a male dominated industry and going out there and showing that, look, this is for everybody. Yeah. That's amazing. That that right there is advocacy. And then I think the more that you are on social media and the more that you are a positive force for good as a female competitive she, shooter. Eva, you do more advocacy than me. I, I have no social media at all. I hate, I don't want any part of it. So you're already... Well, yeah, then I'm doing my part for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're picking up where he's uh, dropping well, the ball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you, uh, do, have you ever, do you take new people shooting at all ever? I do, I do. A lot of people... Um, how about people from like your least. your past that that uh, never never wanted to shoot guns before and now they see you and I did a girls night out and um it was to the shooting range really? and I, I got everybody interested in it they loved it we did a class and then we went on to the range and I I didn't teach the class I was part of the class um and then we went on to the range and did some shooting and they all loved it have you ever converted someone that was like somewhat, I won't say, I think people who are really, really on one end aren't going to, you're not going to move the needle, but have you had anyone who like was somewhat against guns and then all of a sudden was like, this is kind of cool? I don't know if they were against, but definitely people that had zero familiarity um, and never saw themselves doing it. I feel like I converted them. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's, listen, that's, Every little bit we do is is a good thing, right? The more people we bring into the fold and and make uh, get an interest in it, even if they just see your perspective and point of view, is a, is a good thing, right? Yeah. So you found rifle competition thirty years, if I'm correct, thirty years after shooting on that high school team. Uh, thirty. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So within one year, you were actually classified, and Keith and I debated this. You were classified as expert. Should I say as an expert, or is it just as expert? As expert, because one of the oh. classification levels Mikey, God. is expert class. Eva, you're killing me today. You're giving them another win already. I like Sorry. it. <laughs> no, I just uh, I assume that you were you. I mean, you could be an expert, but it's it's a classification, right? There's uh, marksman. Yeah. There's Correct. It's marksman, sharpshooter, expert, master, high master. Okay. So, so you, I want to get back to this. So within one year, you were classified as expert. Correct. What would you say was the biggest factor in that success? And do you have any advice for, uh, for new shooters looking to compete specifically in what you do, but I guess any competition would work as well. Uh, I think the biggest factor was finding a club that offered a high power league and being matched up with a coach. 
um, because he, he set me up with everything. I mean, he lent me a rifle. He, uh, gave I mean, we have a lot of different um, types of gear that we use. He let me borrow everything for a year until I was set up for myself, um, and just gave such high level coaching. Um, and these people do it, uh, out of the kindness of their hearts. It's not something that I paid for. It's something that uh, they do to pass the sport on to the next generation. Um, so I would say do that. I would say get a coach and we talked one. about this before. I just want to interview really quick. We talked about this before, but like you said how the coach kind of loaned you things and kind of took you under the, it's funny because I feel like a lot of times people think gun people are, I, I guess, scary or dangerous or they're, you know, they're into scary stuff if you're an outsider, but we find it's the opposite. Gun people, for the most part, are very willing to accept new people and take people into the fold and help them. And, you know, do you find that across the board for the most part? A hundred percent. Yeah. It's such a welcoming community. Almost everyone, you know, wants you to succeed and wants to help you to do that. Um, I mean, the other thing I was going to say is that, at least for me, having a lot of perseverance was key to being able to get to where I got that quickly. Um, because trust me, there were times <laughs> when I wanted to just quit or walk away crying or whatever. But, it, you know, you just you have to just keep going. And in the end, it's so worth it. Uh, you you uh you're a mom how do uh you have I th one son or a teenage son I yes think? yes how, i had a teenage son he's uh he shoot with you he does he does yes when did you when did you start him shooting what what was the what was your path of of introducing him to firearms um pretty much right away i the first rifle i bought was a ruger 1022 i think that's a perfect we love um, those mike mike and i have I, well i I just bought another one, shared it tonight, but, uh, yeah, we've got, yeah. we love them. Yeah. I think it's an easy one for anybody to learn on. Yeah, um, we agree. And he still loves it. You know, he doesn't feel like he needs to get out there and, and shoot my AR. He enjoys the 22 caliber oh, good. Uh, rifle and pistol. And so we just kind of eased into it. Of course I started with gun safety, um, because if, if, even if he's not shooting them, just having them in my house, he needs to be aware of the rules. Um, and I have a very large safe that I own. I'm the only one that knows the combination. <laughs> <laughs> Good responsible mom. I like it. Yes. So, um, so we got to touch on a few of these. You obviously, you have your passion, which is your competition shooting. And now we've touched on your love of 22s, which we, sh we share in. And mm -hmm. <clears throat> you mentioned pistol shooting a little bit. Do you do any tactical shooting? Do you, uh, do you shoot, you know, any other games, trap, you know, uh, skeet, anything like that? I've tried some tactical shooting. It's really not my style, but I did it because I have a lot of friends who do that. Um, so I like to hang with those guys. But I did get into trap this past year. Um, they offer now you're talking my language. <laughs> they offer a Saturday night trap league at my club, and it's half social and half shooting. I love it. It's just a really nice, fun thing to be able to do on a Saturday night. Um, so that's why I joined it and quickly went out and got a Benelli and, um, now I shoot in the trap league. What, uh, is, is trap the only clay pigeon, uh, sport you've tried? 
Now, I've shot, um, actually, just about a week ago, I went out of town and did um, a, a sporting clay course that was really fun. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of, did it have like golf carts, like like a lot of yes, women? exactly. <laughs> now, sporting clays is like, it's, it's supposed to replicate game, but like things will bounce on the ground and things will fly low and things will fly high. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah. Things will come from behind you, like overhead, like an yeah. airplane, uh, crisscrossing straight up in the air, all sorts of different angles. And it's really fun. I started with trap also. And, uh, and then I've just recently, I've done sporting clays a long time ago. And then I just recently, uh, tried skeet for the first time. And mm. I'm just, I, I'm a, I'm a shotgun guy. I like shooting shotgun. I really just enjoy doing it. I, I reload shotgun and, uh, trap is just, I, I don't know. I just find it. I, I go out like we have a, a couple places. Our, our club shoots on Sunday mornings, and then we have another place that uh, around here that does breakfast in the mornings on Sundays. And we have a couple places that do like Wednesday and Friday nights. I've got my wife into it now, and um, we're just. It's just a. I think it's just a very relaxing you know game to play. Did you did you feel like you wanted to keep doing it the the first time you shot? Yes. Did, yeah, I loved it and. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I went right out, bought a shotgun, and joined the league. I didn't waste any time. Yeah, trap is at least one thing that uh, for sure I shoot better than Mike. So <laughs> I'm terrible. He, he he said he really likes shotgun. I hate shotguns. I wasn't <laughs> Everyone says to me, "Are you a rifle shooter?" I'm like, I, I do kind of like rifles, and they're like, "Yeah, because you don't really move the barrel. You just kind of like aim it where the thing was, and that's why you keep missing." I'm like, "Well, I've been told that too. Yeah, You're so. shooting it like a rifle as well." Yeah. Yeah, it's a totally different, uh, totally different. I, I actually was thinking is that does that that's got to mess up your, you know, your competition like mantra. <laughs> yeah, I, there have been times where my coach has spotted me on the trap range, and I just feel like he's giving me giving the evil terrible. eye. You feel the eyes like going like burning uh-huh. a hole in your back, like oh, oh he's man. staring at me. I mean, he is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's told me he's like, you better not be messing up your rifle. I mean, what is, what is he afraid of? Cause like, I mean, I totally understand that you want to focus on the thing that you want to be the most competitive. And I, I understand that, but God, it's, it's a blast to play that game. Is it not? It is. It is. I mean, I guess he wants me to be spending my time on, uh, you know, what I'm competing in and, and it's different. Like you just said, one, you're kind of following along with it. The other, you know, you're stationary and, uh, focusing on that X ring. So, um, you, know, you don't want to get into any bad habits. And from speaking of like anything you I've ever competed in, you know, like, listen, everyone has different goals. Some people like, you know, they want to be competitive, but they want to be competitive at a low level and they just want to just compete to have fun. But if like, I don't know what your goals are, but if your goal is to really be like a high level competitive shooter, he's looking at you from that point of view going, look, the time you're spending there could be spent here doing what you're, you're goal is you know so i understand it but at the same time if you're having you should have fun too yeah i mean one of my goals is to be social and meet people and you know i get to do that by shooting trap i you should you should definitely try skeet because i actually think it's a little more social than trap because you have stations the same way uh not the same way but in a similar way Mm -hmm. um and you are sh- shooting from two different houses, a high house and a low house. And you can, you can actually have, there are a couple stations where you shoot two birds at the same time. But what's nice is only one person is shooting at a time. So while that one person is shooting at a time, you might have a squad of like six guys or seven guys or girls. And um, you're, 
you know, or whatever you're identifying as that day, I guess. But you're talking to those individuals all while one person is 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 shooting, and uh, it's 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 just as social. But I I think it's cooler because I say I've said this a couple times. You're shooting these clay pigeons so much closer, and you have to avoid shrapnel. And I just think that is so cool to have to avoid that clay pigeon after I bust it overhead, you know? <laughs> well, that's good to know. I would like to try it. I'm always up to try anything new. It sounds like fun. Have either of you ever tried five stand? I have not tried five stand. I haven't either. So that's like a whole, a whole different thing. So it's, that it's similar is, to sporting clays? No. So you, you move in five stands. Yep. And every stand, I believe there's three shots. One is, I think, a single shot. One is a double but it's on on report so when the first one goes off and you shoot that's when the next bird goes Goes out and then the third one is they go out two at a time so you get all those experiences at one stand Mm. then you move and it's a different angle and on top of that there's five different houses that shoot them one comes at you one comes over you one comes left one comes right so it literally gives you a lot of looks Yep, you know what I mean. A lot so of different, you, shot, a shot, lot different types. shot types. Yeah, yeah. so it's it, it's cool. Um, Walkhill does it. I was gonna say around here, I think there was that, that was where I was thinking. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I'm terrible at that too, but it is it is fun. Yeah, I'll yeah. I'll give so, it a shot. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, where can people find you in terms of uh, social media and and the things that you're you know that you're doing out there? Um, most of the time, I'm living on Instagram, and that's at Rachel Number Thirteen. Um, and then same on Facebook, uh, I'm on TikTok, but they have not been friendly towards my, um, my videos that include guns or even, um, bullets. So, uh, yeah, you not get, there as often. You really should maybe try to come up with a couple other ways to, to get your, yourself out there because we talk about it all the time. This, this, this could end at any moment. Yeah. Yeah. They could pull the plug whenever they want. It's, it's terrible, but yeah. No, it's true. Well, um, I'm on clubhouse also as right. Oh, that's, that's right. That's how we met initially. I think that's how we met. And I think that's going to be the future of social media. At least for me, it's going to be. Mike's with you on that. He thinks it's there too. Yeah. I think it's cool. I think it's cool. Yeah. At some point we're going to try and get the podcast on there as well. So we'll see uh, how that works. We'll be able to interact with people. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I would definitely support that. Cool. So listen, we have a tradition on the show. We play a game called Run and Gun, and we would like to uh, play with you if that's okay. Okay. So the way this works is I'm going to ask you 10 rapid fire questions. They're not hard questions, but I want you to give me the first thing that comes to your mind as quickly as you can. Now, listen, I, I we are looking for the fastest person to do this. We haven't had it yet. We've had some contenders. You just yeah, go after the qu- question right away. All right. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> all right are so you exciting. ready are you ready i guess so right. keith get ready to start the timer i'm ready all right number one what is your favorite gun in your personal collection my ar-15 a4 what gun would you buy if money was no object oh gosh um fancy shotgun okay if you could have a drink with one person living or dead who would it be mm, my dad favorite caliber uh, two, two, three. Favorite hobby, not gun related. Mm, martial arts. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Um, fly. All hell breaks loose. Is it better to be armed or trained? Mm, both. <laughs> <laughs> Is it better to be loved or feared? Feared. Rifle, pistol, or shotgun? Rifle. 
You're in the worst scenario imaginable. Who do you want to have your back other than a significant other? Uh, my coach, Steve Trent. All right. Sounds good. That, was pretty, that was pretty fast, actually. Uh, you know, it's definitely contender. I'm going to have to look back at some of the other times, but it's pretty close. All right. All I right. wonder why I said feared. <laughs> I, 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 not that this matters at all, but I think you're the first person to ever say feared. <laughs> I surprised myself. I think someone else has said it, but it's very rare. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely not. Everyone's like, no, I want to hmm. be loved. I like hearing it. I mean, it's an option. It is. <laughs> It's not, it's not the popular option, though. No, no, no. But, that's but my that, alter ego speaking. Well, I, I listen. I think the person who picks fear it is definitely being honest. <laughs> definitely. Let's mix it up. All right, so we are going to mix things up, but before we do that, we want to talk about our sponsor for this segment, and our sponsor for this segment is Flatline Fiber Co. So uh, I spoke to Chad the other day, actually. And uh, I let him know that we uh, recently shot uh, a course with Rob Pincus. Yeah. Uh, we trained with Rob and we wore our ear pro basic, <clears throat> excuse me, basically for eight hours. At least. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, a couple breaks here and there, but eight hours. And I was saying like, we wore his ear pro wraps and I mean, it was great. I mean, it was so comfortable, right? You had the lanyard. You could hook it on your belt if you needed to. That's my go-to move when I take them off, you know, because I don't want to really keep them on my head. I just, then you forget they're there or whatever the case may be. So, yep. And I mean, he I makes, do. you know, he makes other stuff. He makes slings. He makes, um, if you're into pistol braces, he makes pistol brace wraps. I mean, he has other stuff, but, you know, uh, he's a great key guy. too, right? With a keychain. Some cool keychains yeah. and some cool swag. And he's just a great guy, you know, and. Uh, you know, free shipping on everything. Everything's made and sourced in the U.S. And I, I just, I, I dig on his stuff and, and I want to support him. So uh, if you want to go to their store, um, check them out online. TGE10 gets you 10% off on anything there. Have you ever, um, do you wear, I'm assuming you wear like uh, electronic ear pro, Eva? I do have a Howard Late. Um, Me too. And then I've got noise fighters set to cushion them. But yeah. when I'm shooting competition, I wear uh, in the ear earplugs. Gotcha. And they're not electronic because I just can't have anything near my cheek where cheek I'm putting. Weld. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Button. Well, yeah. definitely check check out these wraps. They're when you do your um, Howard lights. They're it makes them so comfortable. They're really cool. So okay. give, give them a look. They're, they they're got a little, cool. little hook. You can hook it to your bag when you're not using them so you don't forget them. Yeah, That's good. So uh, mentioning uh, the, the course with Rob. So tonight on Mixed Up, we want to discuss professional firearms training, something we definitely think is a good idea for anybody, new shooters and you know veterans alike. Um, and we wanted to give you the opportunity even to start. I think you might have recently done some cool stuff, and I want to hear about an opportunity that you took to, to train. Uh, well, the, the class that sticks out the most in my mind is the uh, Civilian Marksmanship Program's Small Arms Firing School, and they call it SAFs for short. Um, it and sounds cooler. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. Um, they offer it at the national matches, um, but they also did it where they went uh, from city to city, and they had one near me um, in uh, Fairfax, Virginia. And so that was, I think, the third time I took that class. Um, and 
one reason why I liked it so much is because I got the high civilian score <laughs> for the day. Um, Good for you. It's they have after the first day uh, is practicing where you're matched up with a coach um, and you're learning how to shoot AR-15s. And then the next day they have it's called the M16 match, um, and that's sort of you know the culmination of everything that you've learned. Um, I benefited from it because there was a shooter there, a very experienced high power shooter who came to help out. And um, I just spent every free moment I had between um, relays talking to him and getting advice and, you know, planning what I was going to do during the match. And it was just that kind of information is priceless when you're, when you have the, opportunity to speak to someone who's so accomplished what was the uh, what was one of the nuggets he, he gave you that you uh took away um i mean we talked a little bit about ammunition which is not something that i had the opportunity to to switch while i was already there but um i think it was just talking about i think we were talking about the sitting stage um the rapid sittings and uh it was it was a while ago, so I can't remember exactly what he was saying, but it was just talking about getting into position because in the uh, civilian marksmanship program, you get into position that you have to stand up. Everybody on the line has to stand up and then jump back down and get into position again. So I am not used to having to do that because I normally shoot NRA. Uh, so we had a long talk about <laughs> strategizing how I was going to get back into the same position after getting out of it quickly. All right, very cool. So, would you you would you would recommend that though? You you think it's a course? I would definitely well? remember uh, recommend Small Arms Firing School. Yeah, if it comes to a range near you, um, yeah, or if you just happen to be near, uh, you know, where the civilian marksmanship um, program is hosting matches, then yeah. Very cool. Cool. So for us, um, we had Rob Pincus on the show. I don't know if you know Rob, um, Eva, but uh, he's a very very. He's been in the industry for. You know, almost as long as we've been alive. I can't yeah. wait to tell him that. <laughs> About 25 years. Okay. So maybe it's a stretch. I think I'm young. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so uh, we headed down to uh, Pioneer Shooting Center in uh, Mount Vernon, New Jersey, and we got to meet the manager there. His name was Caesar. Uh, great guy. Very, really very. Cool guy. Uh, so accommodating we get there he's got food for everyone coffee i mean he was a very very gracious host and uh keith he gave you some awesome information about the building well yeah i mean the whole thing was remember when we pulled up we were like this is a city yeah (laughs) there's a gun range in the middle of the city where where would you shoot there's buildings everywhere and uh it turns out that Caesar was, went over the history of the place, but it's been, it was chartered in like 1935, I think he said, or th- it was 35. Um, it's the oldest uh, range in Westchester County, but it was in a basement of a building. And uh, I had never shot at a range like that. Uh, obviously, Eva, you did that in high school. Up by us, most ranges are outdoors. I've done a couple indoor ones, but they're in like pole barns or something like that. They're yeah, not and in, like a building. And also, like uh, it was a beautiful facility. I mean, he had his the, the actual like sales portion, but he had a conference room. They had a you know the actual range. I mean, it was a really nice. It was facility. very comfortable, and it was very clean. And the range was you know I think 
really well set up. Each individual cubby was better set up than any place I had ever really been. Like there were more accessories available for you to use. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, Individual lights and you know, all that stuff. Um, and the range is good for up to two, two, three. Um, you can do it. There's walk in every day. I think the only other, uh, range available in Westchester is a club is one where you join. So, uh, this is one where you can just walk in and do it. And, uh, the ventilation was good. Um, there was a cool little shop right there. You can get some some things if you need it. You know, overall, you know, yeah, it was great. It was a great place. The so place I mean, and Caesar really makes it. Like yeah. he's a really personal guy. I enjoy talking to him. Definitely, you know, he, yeah. If you're down, if you're in New York, or you're just if you're coming, you know, coming through New York and you're uh, looking for a place to shoot in Westchester, which is close to the city, so there's not a lot of places, yep. you know. Uh, definitely check them out. It was really, really a, a nice facility. And so, see, and you're gonna be hearing from Caesar. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do some stuff with him. We, yeah, he was a cool guy. Yeah, definitely, 100. percent We definitely want to get him on the show at some point. So, the course we actually shot was called Fundamentals of Intuitive Defensive Shooting, and that's out of Rob's training. Um, Ice Training is his company. Yep. And the 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 basis of it. And when we had him on the show, Keith, it was interesting because we had said something about like training and like really you need to be effective with your firearm. And he was like, eh. yeah. he's like, I mean, people defend themselves all the time that have like no training. And I'm like, I guess he's kind of right. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was really making a solid argument then and and the day we went to the class and, and convinced me. Yeah. So it's basically teaching you just how to be more, like it says, intuitive in terms of defending your life. Um, so I'm going to outline some of the things that we learned. Uh, so we, we, we learned about combat accuracy, balance of speed and precision, volume of fire, realistic training for multiple targets, and the body's natural reaction during a dynamic critical incident, which is a whole mouthful of stuff, but my favorite part, let's break it down. Let's break it down a little bit. Yeah. That's super facetious. Um, so combat accuracy. I mean, what I took from that was basically you need to be accurate enough to stop the threat. We're not looking to put, you know, silver dollar sized groupings on a, you know, on a, on a box. We're looking to stop the threat. Yep. Which, you know, is it leads right into balance, speed, and precision. Yeah, so go ahead, I mean, take that it, away. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I, the way he, the way I, I describe it, and man, I know Rob is going to hear this, and uh, if I don't say this right, I'm sure he's going to give me hell about it. Um, but, you know, he, he kind of, remember when he asked us, we, after the first rep of Live Fryer, he, we took a break and he asked us to step back and who we thought was the best shooter. Yep. And there was a guy uh, whose nickname was Doc there, and he was obviously, in our opinion, leaps and bounds, the best shooter there. He had a, a, literally a silver dollar grouping. Yeah. And Rob was like, no, that means he needs to shoot faster. <laughs> right. If you're doing that in a defensive situation, you're not shooting fast enough. Right. And I think that's what really this combat accuracy is talking about with balance of speed and precision. You know, getting, you know, on large mass targets, getting three or three to five shots out as quickly as possible is better and more effective than taking too much time and to be silver dollar size. Group. Yeah. And that brings us, so you kind of alluded to the volume of fire, like at, on a body shot, you know, you're looking at three to five shots where a headshot, we were taught one shot because a slight movement of the head is going to throw that off where you're not hitting that box anymore. And, you know, to bring that back S- to surface area, you know, when you're, when you're on the, when you're somebody standing on the, to the side of you, you have less, unless you're my size where you're <laughs> the same size round as wide, but <laughs> Um, That's not even really true anymore. But no, you it's know. not. But it's a good joke. Yeah, it's a good joke. Um, but to kind of bring that vo- uh, volume of fire back to the balance and 
balance of speed and precision, you know, I think what was important, and he mentioned this, is your speed and precision is a it's a spectrum, right? So if you're yeah. five feet away from someone, you and you're shooting at the body, yes. you can shoot a lot faster, and yep. you don't need to be as precision. But if you're 15 feet away and a guy is kind of threatening you with a knife and he's coming at you now, you know, and maybe he's got body armor. Now you're shooting at the head and he's farther away. You had to slow down so your precision can go up. Right. And that's yeah. that's your balance that you need to find between those two. I agree with that. And I was amazed because I was I actually took my gun to sight in before we went and I could not hit a, a small target to save my life. And then yeah, he but was pretty like, quickly. He had all of us doing it. And yeah, it, it really felt like little instruction. But um, he, he was like, focus on the front sight. And I was like, OK. And I yeah, just shot like, and I was able to hit like a small round one, circle. One thing he said early on, and luckily it wasn't me that wasn't doing it, but I stole it from the person that he was telling to do it was, uh, you know, uh, staying in and behind your triangle. You know, that was one thing that I had not been doing for a while when I Can was Can you explain practicing. that? What do you mean by triangle? So, you know, when you, when you, uh, when punch, holding, out. punch out with your, you know, holding a pistol and you got your two hands, you know, clasped together in your grip. What I was not doing is I was doing the triangle, but I had the triangle. So the, the, the pistol being the point of the triangle, your shoulders being the base of the triangle. I, was pointing my triangle down. I was not getting behind it and in it. So I had I had to raise my arms up higher so that my eyesight was level with the sights of a gun, Eva, a lot like a shotgun. So you're almost making your arms the barrel of a shotgun and getting it out there farther. And when I brought those sights higher to my eyesight, I instantly started shooting. And you're also tucking your head into the triangle, right? Yes, in and behind. That's kind of the way I was remembering it in my head. That was very well said, and I'm sure Rob will tell you everything that you said that was wrong. I just want Rob's approval. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, I was going to say, he had us hitting those circles, and it's so impressive, but I think it's the fact that he would just say the word mother effort a lot. (laughs) So he would just be like, just focus on the front sight, mother Mother effort. effort. (laughs) Keith, why do you keep using your left hand? Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Rob, when you hear this, I, I don't know what to say. But anyway, um, multiple targets. You know, the one thing I thought was interesting with that was he said, typically we run drills and we train to have two torso targets. And it's, you know, three shots of this one, turn three shots of this one. And he was like, statistically speaking, that doesn't really happen, right? Because when shots start to go, things don't just stay there. Yeah. Right. It's a dynamic situation. That target might run. That target might not be there anymore. That target might go behind cover. There's a lot of things. And I and he kind of weaved into that portion the later part of the course that uh looking at your surroundings, right? Like what I would call what I would call like a, a you know, a deep scan. And, you know, he did a nice thing where he would pull back half the line and while one group was shooting, the other group was behind doing something funny, you know, picking your nose, tying your shoe. And he wanted us to actually look and find something that was going on. He was replicating the best he could. You know, if you're in a, in a mall and something happens, you're not going to be just looking at a, a, a square room with nothing in it. You're going to see things. And then you can reassess, do I need to shoot again? And I, I like that drill because it, it allowed us to... Um, it allowed us to really kind of replicate as best we could in that scenario some real life stuff. And do you want to well, talk the, a little bit about the drill? Yeah, you, the, the body's natural reaction, right? And 
I think that, well, first of all, all the drills were repeatable at home, which I really liked. Anything we learned there, we could take home. And he had some great ideas about how to record some commands and mix them up and shuffle them on on your iPad or something so that you can, you know, hear them through a uh, a headset while you're, while you're running these drills. Um, he, somebody, I don't remember if it was one of us or, or not, but somebody was asking about, you know, how, how, how do you compare to the stress of actually going through this? And I think he did a pretty good job at convincing me that it's very difficult. And in my opinion, impossible to duplicate the stress of a defensive shooting situation, you know? So I think what he was trying to do with, with pass getting us in the back, uh, separating the line and having somebody behind us for us to observe was really to promote, you know, in between your you know, taking down one target, assessing whether there's another target is really to observe what else is going on around you and being able to process it. Um, Keeping your cognitive skills functioning in a stressful situation. Well, yeah. And, and, and that even escalated to the end of the class, right? By the end of the class, he was doing something to, you know, try to startle us or, you know, saying a loud noise to startle us. And we would have to pretend to do that reaction, which was extremely difficult. But I, again, I think the point was just to help you slightly prepare for that is something that could happen. And, yeah, and the, I feel that way. The body's reaction, the startle response is basically, you know, you're not going to have your hand at the ready and grab that gun. Your first thing you're going to do is throw, you know, your hands are going to go up. You're going to, you're going to block your face. You're going to, and what was hard in the drill was I found myself and he would, he was yelling at us not to do it, but it's hard not to. My response, my faith response was the same every time. Yeah, yeah. But the, the point was well taken that you can't just have your gun your hand right where your gun is and be ready to go because that's not real world. Yeah, I, just, I walked away with the with the reality of uh, in my point of view or my my thought process of how something would happen is that I'm going to have a natural reaction first and I'm going to process whether or not I need to go for my gun. And I, that was sort of, I, I think that's all he could ask for walking away from us on that is to, yeah. to understand that. Yeah, and he also did a drill where like there was different shapes and colors and numbers and he would say like, Last number of your phone, last yeah. number of your phone number, number and you had to you find had. that. You had to find that number and then shoot it, and it made or, your or mind. Or if you didn't have the number at all, maybe your phone. You know, there was somebody, and and the right thing to do was not shoot in that case. Right. You know, he of course yelled at you for not shooting until you explained why first. But you know, it was the right. It, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it, and um, he makes it fun too because he does a lot of like debriefing where he talk. He, you talk, yeah. in between rounds, and he kept the round count low for us because of the the ammo shortage. So I, you know, it was a great course. I mean, I, I would highly, really would highly recommend it to anybody. One other thing that I walked away with, not necessarily on his list, but something that I walked away with was when, if, if you ever find yourself into the situation, what, how do you make yourself not look like the threat when you're done, when yeah. it's all over? And, you know, how can you utilize the other people, the bystanders that are around you to make sure that the authorities know that you are not a threat, you know, tell somebody to go call the police, what, tell them what I'm wearing, tell them I'm not the threat, you know, please go pay attention, tell me when the police are coming so I can, you know, put my gun in my holster or whatever, you know, right. and, uh, or if you have a medical kit, have somebody take the medical kit and try to help the person that, right. that you just uh yeah there was a lot of practical there was a lot of good practical stuff there yeah. you a lot know? of good discussion too i wasn't disappointed I, I thought it was a good balance between discussion and live fire yeah you know? I, i'm really like he has some other courses and you know he, he does ar-15 cor- I, I really would like to train with rob again i mean it was it was really good so anyway if uh if you're listening to this and, and rob's in your area he's all over the country he travels really take the opportunity it's a really 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 good course so go check it out Well, I think it's time for the boys to sit around and shoot the shit.
All right, so tonight on Shooting the Shit, I have a would-you-rather question. So, Eva, I read uh, something in, I think it was an interview about you, that you collect shark's teeth. Is that true? (laughs) That is true. So tell me, how do you get into collecting shark's teeth? How? Uh, How did that start? I spend a lot of time at the beach. My mother lives in Florida, um, and I don't know how I found my first one but after that i just couldn't stop i've got a huge collection <laughs> now do you go to like places and buy them or you have you find them no no you have to find them otherwise oh. it doesn't count oh okay all right i didn't know the rules I, of shark yeah, collecting. really i like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well number one have you ever sold any <laughs> no i couldn't i can't part with any of them do you can you tell how old a shark is by a shark tooth um not, I have no idea. I can't, but they are fossilized, so it's not like they just you know fell out recently. They're they're fossils. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So so I have to tell you, I had this segment. Uh, I have a little list of like kind of like uh, things that I want to talk about or whatever. And I had this. My wife and I were doing this one night on the couch and and laughing about this segment. And I wrote it down. I was going to put it in a show, and then you come along with shark teeth, and I'm like, oh my god, this <laughs> is perfect. So tonight's. Uh, would you rather is I'm going to give two little things. You have no weapon on you and <laughs> you are in the natural environment. Would you rather fight for your life against a crocodile or a shark? And I will go first on this since I'm springing on you guys. I told my wife, if I had to fight one of these two uh, predators, I would rather fight the crocodile. That's that's my I, I would fight the crocodile. I the reason being reason being first off I don't swim very well and I don't like water so that that's that's reason number one. I like being on my, I feel very good on my feet. I don't like riding bikes. Do you I, have do you have to wear the swimmies? I do. <laughs> I'm not a big guy, so I can buy kids swimmies and they actually would fit. <laughs> but I I um I like being on my feet. I don't like, I don't even like being on a bike. I don't like being off my feet really right. And, uh, and I do jujitsu and I feel like, you know what? I could take the back of a crocodile and I think I could rear naked choke a crocodile. I think I could. I think you'd do it. Wrestle them out. I think I could. Choke them out. All right. So (laughs) do you want to go next or do you want to go last? Sure. Sure. No, I'll go now. Go ahead. And it's interesting that you brought this up because I used to work at the National Zoo. I thought you were going to say you used to wrestle crocodiles. (laughs) I didn't wrestle them, but I fed them. She worked with them. Because of that, I'm going to go with shark i don't want to be anywhere near a crocodile uh they're strong they can be fast and the shark if i'm successful i'll have a lot of teeth to add to my club <laughs> that's fair that's true that is very that's fair. a good answer all right well you- I, I say neither stand a chance so i'll take either one on i don't really care which one it is you could take either <laughs> i'll take either no. all right well uh-huh. if i had to take a guess i actually am with eva i think i'm going to take the shark because a crocodile can walk and swim like yeah. you know, you that, can't really you can't really get away from. But here's the question: Can you outmaneuver a crocodile on land better than you can outmaneuver a shark in the water? I don't water? think so. I've seen some National Geographic shit. I don't know, man. Those guys are like pretty sneaky. Don't they call? It- I saw a, a gazelle who was stuck on like this little island this week. Thought wait, wait, you were on an island this week? I, with was a gazelle? Not, I saw it on a video. It was oh, okay. on YouTube, but the the gazelle was trying to out was stuck in an island and saw the crocodile. Was like shit. I got to get off this island. 
heard the subtitles and everything and saw him try he jumped into the water and tried to outswim this crocodile man that thing Couldn't took do him it. down so fast i was like oh well in all fairness the gazelle doesn't know brazilian jiu-jitsu that's true that's true you know what i'm saying it looked a little skinny <laughs> well i mean so am i but that i'm trained and i'm skinny so that, i think i have an different. advantage different yeah exactly so, uh, Eva, I want to thank you for being on the show. I, I, um, My pleasure. Thank I, you. I think it was uh, really good to hear from a, an up-and-coming competitive shooter. We've never had a competitive shooter on, actually. No. Right? I don't think. And um, it's just, it's really nice to hear uh, the positivity. Like you said a couple of times, you said before that you're like, I really don't want to talk about like, you know, the whole political thing. And that's sometimes like we need a break from that, right? Yeah. Sometimes we need to just talk about being you know, pro gun and just having being fun and having fun and shooting and and everything i hope it was fun for you you know i know this is your first podcast i hope you enjoyed it a great positive experience yes for good sure. we try we try to we try to make people uh, enjoy You're it welcome. so they come back you know i'd love to so awesome so make sure you check out uh her instagram page and her facebook page and you know all the cool stuff she's doing and and keep tabs and links you know, in the show notes yeah we're definitely going to keep tabs on you and and make sure that we get you back on the show and to everybody listening, we want to thank you again for taking time out of your day to tune into our show. You can find links in the show notes to all of our social media. So be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so we can keep the conversation going. Like and comment. Like and comment. Keith, thank you so much for co-hosting as always. And Ava, thank you for being on the show. 